Welcome to the podcast of the Oxford Business Community Network, produced by Story94 at their amazing podcast studio in Oxford. If you've not been, I definitely recommend that you come and check it out. Our podcast aims to share the experience, knowledge and expertise of our members, covering those key issues impacting on local businesses. Um, and today, I'm really excited to welcome three of our um, well-established members. So we've got Katie Aldridge of the HR department. We've got Darren Aston of Aston & James and Paul Mabbott of Jennings. Um, so today, um, we're joined by... Um, um, three people, people um, that are going to be talking about um, all things people, teams, we'll talk about the new office and, and gen- have a general chat with our three guests about business. So let's start by doing some introductions. We're going in reverse order this time. So Paul, tell the listeners about yourself and Jennings. Okay. Thank you, Ben, for the introduction. Uh, I'm Paul from Jennings. We're a family business based in South Oxfordshire been going a very long time. Uh, Our core business is a business park in Chowgrove called Monument Park, Um, a very attractive site. It's out of town and we have about 80 businesses based there, businesses, charities, social enterprises, all renting out offices, um, workspace, business units and warehouses. Amazing. Thank you so much. Look forward to hearing more about that. So Darren, um, over to you. Tell the listeners about yourself and Aston and James. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having us along. Um, so yeah, Darren Aston from <clears throat> Aston and James in Whitney, also a family business. Um, been going 32 years. Um, quite unique in that I've got five siblings working in the team. Um, we help to provide workplaces, workspaces with the products and services they require to help run their businesses efficiently and effectively, also across Oxfordshire. Amazing. And last but certainly not least, Katie, uh, tell tell the listeners um, about yourself and indeed the HR department. Lovely. Thank you very much for inviting me along, Ben. um, So I'm Katie Aldridge. I'm an HR consultant. I run a business that's based in Newbury and we provide um, HR support on an outsourced basis to small and medium sized um, companies in and around Newbury and South Oxfordshire. Amazing. Thank you. So let's let's start this conversation by talking about the 2022 office in inverted commas. Um, Paul, what, what are you seeing? What, what is happening? Are our businesses working from home? Are they coming to places like you guys? Like what, what's the trend at the moment? It's I would say it's quite mixed. I mean, obviously, during the COVID time, the pandemic, all of us were forced by the government mm-hmm. to work from home uh, where you could. So <clears throat> our offices offices were very quiet. Um, it's coming back, thankfully. I mean, we're at about 70% occupancy in offices, very full on the unit side. So the workshops, we can't cope with the demand for business units and business space. But offices um, is a lot quieter. We don't get the demand, the inquiries quite so much. People have downsized, some have, have gone. But I think the biggest change for us is the number of people in the offices on any day. So with the hybrid working, you get some teams in one day a week, some in two days a week, some in three days a week. So it's very rare you get a business in the office centres now who are there five days a week. So it's quite a shift from how it was. Mm, mm. Interesting. Katie, actually, we were not to miss out, Darren. We'll come back to Darren. But we were talking about this off air, weren't we? What, what, in your expertise with, with your HR hat on, why, why do you think that is? Um, so it's very interesting. We're, we're finding the same as well with our customers when during during the pandemic, they had no choice mm. but to work from home. Um, but actually, you know, initially there was a real um, 
desire and, and delight in working from home. And then as the as the pandemic continued, um, there were a lot of things that came out of that. So certainly an issue, uh, a rise in mental health issues um, mm. and the people were missing each other. Um, so we've reached the point where hybrid working is pretty much norm. In fact, um, we're finding from a recruitment perspective, if an employer isn't prepared to at least consider hybrid working, it's an Im- impacting on their ability to recruit. No, absolutely, absolutely, um, and with without um, w- without sounding um, cliche, I, I think the place that people work, whether it be in in the building or, or whether it be in a home, is is so key. And Darren, I know that you've done a lot of work around that. Tell tell the listeners a little bit more about your experiences. Yeah, well, I mean, with, uh, due to COVID, I mean, the centre of gravity shifted from workplace to workspace very quickly, mm-hmm. and um, I don't, and certainly we, nobody was really ready for the the big change of working from home and being almost like told this is your workspace for a period of time are we equipped uh, have we considered the setup have we got the space do i have an environment to to, to support me in my work um and i think we've all adjusted and we've all adapted and dare i say it, everyone's evolved to a, a point of time but i think there's still an element of uh, reassessment that still needs to be going on um in businesses for for the support of their employees um and i think it's a it's a very big jigsaw puzzle and the pitch is still a little bit muddled Mm, absolutely. I think Katie and I were talking off, off, off air actually, and that without talking too much about age, actually some of, some of the very junior jobs are the, are the ones that are the most difficult at the moment. And, and part of the reason is because that home working piece, a lot of the younger generation are working from their parents' bedrooms. Um, and, and, and they, they just don't have, have those facilities, which is, um, no, which, which is really, really fascinating. Um, and Paula, I'm just, just going to come back, back across to you if that's okay. Jennings has, has been so well established for, for for a long time, and I know that flexibility is 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 a big thing for for you um, as a business. Do you see the 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 demand for offices are going to change? We've spoken a little bit about where we're at at the moment and where we were pre COVID. What what do you predict with your crystal ball in two, three, four, five years time? <laughs> I wish question. I had a crystal ball, <laughs> Ben, because we could adapt our marketing. Um, I actually thought it would shift a little bit more than it has. Mm. I thought that after the pandemic, I think like Katie said, a lot of people are realising that they miss the culture, they miss mm. the people contact, and there are a lot of mental health issues Absolutely. with being detached. I mean, we all we all go out networking, so we all have that kind of social interaction anyway, but mm. a lot of employees don't. I mean, I see my son, yeah. um, he works in his bedroom, he lives in his bedroom as well, and he's now got married. So him and his wife are sharing the bedroom while he's working all the time. And having got his job during the pandemic, mm. he doesn't understand what it's like to miss out on the culture of being with other young people, going for a pint afterwards, mm. talking around the water cooler, as they say, playing mm. five-a-side football, doing all these different things where you make your best friends. Absolutely. So I would like to think that the office market will come back and people mm. will, will have the flexibility of hybrid working, but more employers will recognise it's important to have a space where they can um, get together on a regular basis. So, yeah, we, we, we also heard a lot about people moving out of London and people working in rural areas and downsizing, finding an office mm. where lots of people could congregate. And again, I haven't seen that shift up the M40 coming out of London towards Oxfordshire. Um, so I think if you're on a busy, bustly area, I think a lot of um, office market is, is coming back. I think London is buzzing. But I don't know, in Oxfordshire and some of the rural areas, I think it's got a long way to go. And I think, you know, the, um, the pandemic has speeded up change and we will see 
hybrid will be here forever, I think, and flexible working because people want the options and, and want the choices. I'm just not sure whether it's a good thing. Mm. But then I do have a vested interest because I rent out offices and I'm one of these people that doesn't work well from home more than one day a week. So it's quite hard for me. Over to you, Katie. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have some interesting, interesting yeah, points on this. And absolutely, to pick up on, on what you're saying there, um, we have discovered that where people have been recruited during the pandemic, um, their induction into a company has been harder to manage and harder to integrate. Um, we find we're we're a small team. There's four of us in the team. Um, we like being in the office together mm. because we talk about learning by osmosis, just just being in the same space and hearing somebody else on a phone call and knowing what's going on. Our businesses, our customers change so quickly and all of the time. And if you're not there, it's really hard to keep up. So we have found that um, employees who have started during the pandemic, their integration, their induction has had to be much more carefully thought through and it's taken them to an extent longer to become integrated and to build the engagement with the business because of that. So it's really good points that you're making. Interesting, interesting. No, fa fascinating, fascinating stuff. I, I think something that... Um, Paul, Paul, you touched on, and 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 Darren did as well. Is is around that health side of things, and 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 I think that we've spoken about health in terms of um, do you have that workspace? But we've also touched on five side football, which um, which which looking at my um, my my tummy um, hasn't done me a lot of good, has it? But uh, but no, that 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 I say that with with Jess. Um, what what can what can employers do to ensure that if if the demand in the market is hybrid working. So they they spend um, three or four days a week at somewhere amazing like Jennings um, and then they're working from home. What can you do as an employer to ensure that your staff are healthy in terms of physically, um, but also in, in terms of mentally? Um, maybe, Darren, you start and, and then Paul and Katie might, might want to jump in. in. In terms of setup, I mean, we started a campaign before COVID and that was called Love Your Workplace. Um, we then sort of flipped that to We'll Love Your Workspace. And mm. we we know that for, for people trying to bring um, employees back into the office, encourage them, um, entice them, then the space has got to be inviting. It's got to be perhaps a little bit of a refresh on what was, um, mm. a rethink on um, and what is and what's expected. Um, we, we, we encourage sort of three elements when someone's thinking about workspace, and that is move break and protect. So move more often, break more often and, and protect what you have. Um, I think a lot of employers have had to rethink space, reconsider future demands and recruitment requirements of what people are expecting in, in the world of a workplace now um, so that it's a, a place that people want to go and probably want to spend more time in, not less time in not default to a sedentary workspace at home because you just you just don't get the office vibe you know i think that's the important bit um that people want to return to the office because of the interactions the, the water cooler moments that paul referred to and you know the, if the water cooler's not at home it's a kitchen tap or a b bottle of water from the fridge it's not the same you, you don't get to talk to the microwave it might beep at you but it's not gonna it's not gonna give you any great ideas to, exactly. to kind of improve productivity or happiness mm. So are you finding that, are you doing office design and there are, and, and, and 
employers are more thinking around how to integrate the, the shared space. Yeah, those very making, much so. Yeah. I mean, social space was a thing before um, COVID. Um, and, and then we got social distancing, which is kind mm -hmm. of like, okay, social space has gone social distancing and returning to the office, it's creating a comfortable how, um, um, hygiene, safety conscious way of saying uh, who, so someone might be happy sitting shoulder to shoulder with someone on a couch and someone might not. So having single, single chairs as well as double chairs, which is, you know, you get rows and rows of and banks and banks of furniture. I think that's, that's really re, re, been reconsidered for a sort of almost like a whole new normal um, mm. and, and having having natural spaces to ebb and flow so it's not as cluttered and clustered as perhaps it once was mm. and again during COVID we put up a lot of safety screens those are now being taken down to open up space again so it's it, it's just been a really evolving piece and as I say I think the pitch is still a little bit muddled but everyone's got good intentions of trying to do the right thing for the right reason to, to, to hopefully have a right result we just don't want to take another step backwards with another um, variant or something like that, which is obviously always on a, a business owner's um, conscientious um, headspace. We don't want to um, do too much change. We want to take a change and see what change looks like. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's certainly, um, it, I, I think one of the biggest things that has come out of COVID is is around that flexibility for, from an employee point of view, but also a business owner's point of view. And I think that I'm seeing more and more that the businesses that teach treat their staff as individuals rather than a number of the other ones that are coming through and and actually open-mindedness because if if we were to have this if we were to record this podcast maybe two or three years ago we'd have probably been having a very similar ethical conversation but probably in terms of our views and our experience would 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 be very very different so so now that's good just in terms of in terms of kind of that that full employee package and around kind of mental health i know um paul and uh, and darren you've you've got quite big teams um that, that you employ and i know that katie you've you've got a growing team and 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 work with a lot of big teams what what are you seeing employers do or what what are you guys what would be kind of your recommendation around kind of looking after the person? Well, our team isn't as big as it was pre-pandemic. Sadly, we've lost some of the people there. Well, we offered a lot of flexibility, but we're very much a people team. Mm. Um, so most of our staff work either three, four days a week or five days a week. And most come in, well, they all come in at least three days a week. So we make sure that they have that social interaction, that support, they have a work environment. Because as you said earlier, everyone has a different environment at home and separating work from home life, I don't think long term is a very positive thing. And as a responsible employer, when you're based in your business premises, you can assess the health and safety, the risk assessment of the premises. My, my son, going back to my lad in his bedroom, um, was, was working longer hours because he just didn't take a break. He wasn't going out with a dog. He wasn't going off walking. He was actually getting strains in his neck. And this is a 20 something individual who just wasn't there, who if he was in office environment with colleagues would have been stepping up, they were going off for lunch, they'd have been doing other things. So I think as, a, as an employer, it's important to find out what environment people are working in, understand that you need to invest in their home environment if they're working from home to make sure they got the right um, chair. I think his his problem was his desk wasn't the right height. He, his company paid for a fantastic new desk, but actually it was the wrong desk environment because he had to fit it into his bedroom alongside his bed. Um, and uh, sadly, our house isn't that big that um, he had enough space. So I think 
to answer your question, I think as employers, we need to assess when people are working from home. Mm. If it is more than a day or two from um, a week, we have to make sure that, you know, a proper assessment is done. And that's where someone like Darren and his business comes in, I think. Um, it's just not okay just to look after when they're in the office. We've now got to extend that if we want to allow people to have the flexibility of working from home or another environment. Absolutely, absolutely. And what, what about yourself, Katie? I, I suppose moving away from the working environment, what, what other things under the HR and the people umbrella can, can you consider to, to look after that full person as, as Paul so, so rightly put, as a responsible employer? Yeah, so um, a lot of managers aren't aware that um, managing employees remotely is a different skill set to managing them when they're in physically present in the same place as mm. you. So we had a very, um, very swift transition transition for a lot of our managers from to to learn and to understand what that tra- what that difference was and to mm. help them to develop the skills to manage people remotely, not just in terms of the output, but actually thinking about the more the the mental health issues, the thinking about how do you engage with people when there isn't a water cooler, how do you build that social interaction and and make sure that those employees feel connected mm. um, when there isn't there isn't they aren't physically present. So yeah, it was a whole different skill set, a whole different mindset for managers and recognizing that um, when you're when you're shifting from to managing by outputs and mm. when those employees are not necessarily equipped with all the tools they're used to having around them and they are grappling with health issues and concerns about their family that those are all the barriers that prevent Mm. people from working as efficiently as they had been and recognizing that wasn't just because they were at home and they were taking the dog for a walk they were generally doing their best it was just taking longer Mm. so that was one thing but we also um looked at all um the concerns around when somebody's working from home um, things like um, privacy, um, GDPR, ensuring they are maintaining and the and protecting your business information became really important. So not just a desk and a laptop and maybe a, a laptop riser, but also um, maybe they need a filing cabinet, a lockable one. Maybe they need a shredder, a printer and all of these things. Maybe they need to make sure that they are locking their laptop when they're not physically with it even if it's just family members that are living in the same space as them these are the things that they hadn't had to think about before that they had to make sure were covered properly absolutely absolutely some, some really interesting points um darren i'm just going to come across to you so so you you run a really well regarded business um but actually um in fact definitely not but let me finish this sentence it sounds bad doesn't it um it's, it's, I, I know that within your family-run business, um, it's a different it's a different mindset, isn't it? Have, having family work with you, what what how, how does it differ managing a family business, and and what have you seen? Because you want you've won lots of awards under this umbrella as well, haven't you? We've been blessed, actually. I mean, from the from the get go, I was the first family member to join my brother back in '97 after the business had been established seven years, mm. and we weren't sure if it was going to work. You know, working with family, it's not for everyone, and I didn't know if it was for me as a fresh faced eighteen year old walking down the shop to buy a tuna sandwich with my brother with his arm around me, saying, "We're going to build something," and that was kind of a, a memory that will last with me. And I and I, I could I could because I'm a, I'm one of eight, or we are one of eight. I've got four sisters, three brothers. The next one to sort of join the team as a family member was my brother Craig, who's still 
still with the business. We've now both worked together for over 20 years. Um, and then my sister joined and she's also um, um, been with the business over 20 years. So we've, I think when you when you when you're around the dinner table, a bit like the Waltons, and everybody's fighting for a bit of uh, core, of it, a bit of uh, um, audio, and uh, you want to be that you want to be heard. I, I always found that my sisters were always the loudest. I'll, I'll say <laughs> that. Um, but my brother exited the business, um, and and, um, and and I learned lots of stuff from him. Um, but I bought the business from him with the support of family members and a growing team um, back in um, 2012. So I've just gone through a 10 year anniversary, which is quite special. But to to, to, to sort of touch on the point of how would we make it work, we 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 just the sort of boundaries of family right family life around the Walton's table to getting together um, internally externally to try and talk about the things that really benefit the business and the people that we're trying to serve best um, and just a very open open attitude and for those um, members of the team that are non-family we've got quite a lot that have stayed with the business for north of 15 years um, right. and and so that's been a great a great achievement to have those people with us working alongside us and you know we are that sounds a bit cliche but one big family um, um but yeah we've, we've we've run out of family members to recruit now so we're, we're we might we might be coming to talk to you sometime soon <laughs> but have you thought about adoption or? <laughs> it's not it's not unthinkable <laughs> no great great um one of the things i'm i'm seeing more and more with my clients is, is around company values being really really key and and really the values being aligned to, to the business as a whole and and actually um, it just being so consistent and breathe values from from the top of what you do to the bottom of what you do and how you treat clients and, and internally and I would say that when I keep when I think company values across Oxfordshire um, Jennings is, is is a business that, that comes to mind and I know that you've done a lot of work on this around B Corp as well so can, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about the values of, of Jennings but how how that benefits wider across the business part but also across the team sorry Paul a big question that's a big question thank you um so when I joined Jennings which was about 26 years ago um, over 26 years ago now it had typical of a family business it had mm. inherent family values within it um and Mike Jennings and myself um carried on with that culture where we put people first so we're not traditional commercial landlords. Um, thankfully, we, the bar is very low. We stand out in the way we treat our tenants, our suppliers and our team. So um, we do everything we can to support them. We, we base all our interactions on some core values that we have around things like trust and fairness and openness and honesty, which isn't typical of, of landlords. But um, we've been doing this for a long, long time. So it is inherent. We also, as a responsible business, um, looked at our impact on the environment, our impact mm. on the community, the support we could give to local charities and and schools, etc. Um, and we recruited anyone within the business without property skills. Again, we're a property company, but the whole idea was you can't teach people values and people skills as easily mm. as you can teach them about commercial property and letting offices and workshops. So it's a very different system, a very different culture. And that's worked incredibly well for us and with us. So we had a huge amount of loyalty during the pandemic. We didn't lose a single tenant. None of our tenants went bust because we were in it together. You know, these are long-term relationships, not like your typical short-term, you know, profit. We need to, we, we deferred quite a lot of rent for those mm. that were struggling. So <clears throat> it has served us incredibly well. Um, by being a values-based business. Mm -hmm. um, what's been really interesting, and I think we've seen a shift 
um, from retail to e-commerce, haven't we? We've seen all that. We've also seen a huge shift um, in flexibility in the way you treat your employees. So Jennings stood out a few years ago, but now, I mean, we've got to replace a, um, a receptionist because our receptionist recently went for another job. Now in the past, she wouldn't be able to match Mm. what we provided, the support we gave her, the flexibility mm. we offered her, mm. um, the training, the, the kind of benefit schemes. But now she's gone to a new employer who's actually offering all those things um, to her as well. And so that's a great shift. Much more people are aware. I think much more people are considerate about the environment. There's been a, a real culture shift with a lot of organisations recognising that there is, as the younger generations come through, there's a lot more accountability and people do want to work for ethical, responsible businesses. So thankfully Jennings has been doing that and it's part of our DNA. So it's, it's, uh, it's done with a lot of integrity. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the world is shifting, thankfully. And I think we're evidence that it can work as well. We are a mm. profitable, successful business that's been growing without focusing on profit. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, it's worked for us and, and we attract and retain not just our team members, but also our tenants as well. They stay with us for a long, long time because they respect the way they're treated and, and we respect who they are and, and what they bring to us. So it's a, it's, it, it, it's a good system, yeah. Absolutely. That's really, really useful. Um, and, and Katie, speaking kind of broader, I've, I've always seen Jennings as being very unique, which, which they still are. But, but I know that as Paul touched on, more and more businesses are doing more and more around values with, with staff and teams. What, what have you seen, whether it be in your own business or, or within your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can relate to what Paul is saying. We're seeing that as a trend as well. Mm. Um, partly because there is a, a, a national, um, shortage of of employees mm. so and equally because of the, the significant levels of transition and, mm. and that's been happening in the last six months or so um, employers are very keen to retain what they have because they know the impact of losing those people and mm. trying to replace them we've seen a lot more interest in um, benefits and, and talking to employees of what kind of benefits are important to them and looking to put benefits in place that weren't there before. I've also seen an increase in the introduction of things like appraisal schemes, which may not be an immediate link, but actually if you are providing somebody with structure and direction that links to your business and therefore to profitability, then there's scope to put in place bonus schemes. And those schemes are not, those appraisal schemes don't just talk about the what, i.e. the outputs, the objectives, but also the how, the values and finding ways to measure those values and again link that to, to the way the business works. You've just absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Katie. One, one of the things I always say is I, I believe if you've got a staff member that hands their notice in, 99 times out of 100 it's then too late. But actually, if you've got a staff member that doesn't have a vision or doesn't have values to work towards or a goal the second a staff member stands still it's like you know it's, it's like an interest rate at 0.01 percent or whatever it is at the moment isn't it it is actually going backwards which is um no which is really really insightful um we are coming to the end of um this month's episode but 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 before we do darren i really really would love to gain gain your your views around the around values because again like 
Katie and Darren. And we're fortunate to have three really value-led businesses um, on, on the podcast. So, um, so, so yeah, um, give, give, give your views. Uh, well, a couple of our values that stand out for me and I'll probably look at and reflect on quite regularly is don't look back. We're not going that way, but we have mm. to learn from the past. I mean, the, the, the past Absolutely. couple of years has really sort of knocked the wind out of our sales in terms of workplace so products, supplies, because the, the center as they shifted and then rise up by lifting others because we've always got people in the building that might be feeling a bit low or down or possibly mm. the stuff going on at home that we don't know about. You know, as a family business, we do talk a lot and we listen a lot. We have a lot of corridor conversations. We don't necessarily always have the, the documented conversations because we want things to be free flowing. But sometimes you do need to sit down and go, you know, how are you? How's it going? What can we do? Um, what's next? Um, you know, is there anything bothering you? That's something we just need to be asking enough. But likewise, my brother did say to me, you don't want to be a social worker as a business owner, but you do have to be aware that there's, there's bigger things that, um, uh, you know, bigger things that potentially are happening outside of the four walls that we might work in. Um, but yeah, I mean, the pandemic has probably been um, the thing that's probably f not fresh. I suppose there's an element of frustration. There's, we, we haven't had been able to have the entrepreneurial spirit to be able to push on. Uh, it's been managing and, and and evolving through that particular period of time. So the one that stands out is don't look back. We're not going that way. Looking forward on a tandem bike, you know, all putting a little bit of legwork in, um, pushing in the same direction, but understanding we might be hitting a few headwinds. Amazing. Perfect. Um, yeah, what a great way to um, end the podcast. Um, one of the things I'd say about all of our members, but particularly the three that were with us, um, is that I'd highly recommend them. Um, so if um, any of the listeners are listening and would like to get in touch with either any, any of you um, about, what, about what you do or, or to learn more, how would they do that? Let's start with you, Katie. Uh, so um, we could either look at our website, which is www.hrdept.co.uk or pick up the phone. We love talking to people. Our phone number is 0345 203 5322. Amazing. Thank you. And Darren? Yes, um, our, our website address is www.aston-james.co.uk. And yes, we also like talking to uh, people. So our telephone number is 01993 706 900, or there's always um, LinkedIn. Amazing. Thank you so much. And last but not least, Paul. So our website is jennings.co.uk. Uh, it's got lots of information about the company and our, our contact details on there. You can always connect with me with, on LinkedIn. And uh, by all means, come over to the park. We have a lovely on-site cafe and I'd love to show you around. Amazing. It's a very good cafe. Thank you so much to listening to the podcast of the Oxford Business Community Network. Um, and thank you so much to our members. Um, so we've had Katie Aldridge of the HR department, Darren Aston of Aston and James and Paul Mabbott of Jennings. Um, and also a massive thank you again to Story94 for producing this podcast and indeed for letting us use their amazing podcast studio in Oxford. And um, please do to subscribe to our podcast and we look forward to sharing more info with you soon. Thank you so much.